0: hey i'm tracy burns welcome to five things i'm a financial advisor with ubs and i have five new things for you you're going to learn you're going to empower yourself and you're going to move on because we all have stuff to do as most people know i'm on a mission to help women through divorce and transition empower them and female founders and entrepreneurs in particular i have a soft spot for and of course closing that wage gap because i do have three teenagers two are girls so i have a Personal interest, this podcast is a small piece of helping us all get there. So, before we get to my next fabulous guest, um, please listen to the podcast we've done Five Things Your Business Should Be Thinking About Now, the Five People You Should Be Surrounding Yourself with, you know, Five Ways to Admit to Failure. Like, these are all really great things. So, I encourage you to go back and listen. But today, Cindy Eckert is with us, and there's so many reasons why I love her, and you're gonna love her. We met in my media days, first of all, um, and what she's doing to help empower women on so many levels, and we'll get to that, is will blow your head off. But I first, Cindy, I have to tell you a story. So you, there's, I've met a ton of people in my past media career, and you know, after a while, nobody impresses you. Well, you did, <laughs> oh. you do still. And when I decided I wanted to switch into financial media, uh, excuse me, financial advisory work, I um, I needed confirmation that I wasn't crazy, <laughs> and you were one of the people I called, and you actually took the time, got on the phone with me, and um, and you know I needed your check of approval, and it was uh, it's been great ever since. So I'm thrilled you've you're been here. crushing it. I love watching everything that you're wow.
1: doing. I love what you're all about. You really are making a huge difference.
0: Well, I'm trying for sure, but as are you. So I'm going to let you tell, give your elevator pitch and tell your story. (laughs) But if you could, in the process, explain how, so you're empowering women to increase their sexual desire. And yet you got on this mission without actually having issues of your own and without really having any scientific background. I, that's true. So I am a business person,
1: um, but I I recognize a need, a market need when I see it. I'm a serial entrepreneur for all of your listeners. I've built and sold two businesses. Um, I got the last one back. I'll tell you a little bit about that story. But I've been in the field of, of health and sexual health specifically. So I built one of the companies with one of the male sexual health drugs. You guys haven't turned on the TV in the last 20 years and not been reminded in some way that sex matters for men, uh, that, that they're at their optimal place, whether it be Viagra, Cialis, et cetera. And so I'm looking around a landscape in which there are 26, yes, I said 26, FDA approved drugs for some form of male sexual dysfunction and not a single one for women. Ridiculous. We all right. know that math doesn't add up. I mean, women have issues in the bedroom as well. And so I sold off my profitable business in men that I had built from scratch and all the pains of startup and took this on. And I took it on because it mattered in a much bigger way than just me. As a woman, I wanted to have this choice, this option, should I ever need it. And by God, all of these women who so graciously shared their most private struggles with me, they deserved it as well. And it wasn't a straight line to success. Uh, Tracy knows the story was crazy. I actually had to take on the FDA. I fought the government for pleasure, and I won. And I won (laughs) fair and square on the science. We studied this in 13,000 women. But even at that, the obstacles in my way were crazy, I ultimately won, science won, so did women, by the way, in that day. And two days later, I sold the business for a billion dollars, which was a pretty incredible week, <laughs> breaking through the FDA <laughs> with the first, first ever drug in the world for women's sexual um, desire. And then selling this business, it felt like the entrepreneur's dream come true. They were going to march it across the globe and make it affordable for women. But I will tell you guys, I didn't have a billion-dollar happy ending. Um, they ultimately put the drug, the acquirer shelved the drug, um, they didn't promote it actively and I couldn't sit on the sidelines and let that happen. So thank goodness I'd written a good contract. They weren't meeting their obligations. I sued them in exchange for dropping the lawsuit. I got it back. I've now launched it. So you can actually get this drug now. Addy, um, Addy is its name. And I have used the proceeds of that sale, to double down and put my money where my mouth is, investing in other real disruptors. Uh, you know, female founders who are disrupting, particularly in healthcare, and um, that company is the the pink ceiling, or I call it affectionately the Incubator.
0: And everyone should check it out, actually, especially if you're interested. But so as she said, the drug is ADDY, A-D-D-Y-I, and I'm going to try to say this right. It addresses hypoactive sexual, uh, sexual desire disorder, right? Yes. It's HSDD. Yes. Which um, is just for Laban. It's frustrating low
1: libido. It's just right. what, the, what the doctors call frustrating low libido.
0: I can't believe that. I forgot that there were 26 drugs out there and not just one little blue pill for them. It's nuts. But also too, I think people should know it's a misnomer to call it the female Viagra, right? It Cause is. it's not the same.
1: No, I mean, we uh, desire is unlocked in the brain women turn on in the brain. And what ignited me is we had all these brain scan studies that showed for women who, you know, are they're, they're happy with their sex drive, the normal ebb and flow of desire, none of us are on all the time, right? Um, right. And, but women who, you know, used to be, used to have, were, were satisfied before, they were happy with their sex drive, something changed. It's really stressing them out. And it's probably causing friction in their relationship. If you look at them, put them both in an MRI, expose them to some kind of erotic cue, their brains light up totally differently. And I was looking at that. I mean, it's black and white science and every company was running away. And it said everything about, you know, what our societal narrative is and how much we value, if you will, pleasure for women. Um, So I'm I'm working on changing that. I'm going to put women on top in more
0: ways than one. And I love that you just said that because, you know, as if you haven't done enough, like in your free time now, you started this women on top movement where now you're just out there empowering women. It's it's like, it's women on top in so many levels, so many ways, every innuendo. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, I feel
1: so lucky. I'm fortunate to know people like Tracy and, you know, other really incredible women, um, who, you know, have kind of gotten there and probably had a pretty tough road, um, to get to the position that they're in. And I think that their willingness to reach their hand back and, pull other women to that position to help them get there more quickly than themselves. I'm really rounding up the girls club, if you will, and, um, and taking women on top. We're going to put other women on top. And it's just, a, it's a real privilege, um, all the women who've surrounded me in that.
0: Yeah. The, the more we help each other, the better we all are. No doubt. Okay. So you now, one of the most successful business women out there, you know what it takes and now that you're out there looking for companies to invest in that will succeed, hopefully as well as you, i I know you've come up with some commonalities. And just for context so people know, when as you're um, as we're recording, we are, you know, I'm going to take a leap here and say, sort of on the end, I hope, of this whole mm-hmm. COVID crisis. Yes. We have states reopening, we're slowly getting there, but we are still on lockdown, although because she is a superhero. Cindy just moved in the middle of a pandemic. Like, <laughs> I,
1: I don't recommend.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's just like another, that's another like notch on your cape. But I'm telling you, it's amazing. Um, but there are things that you, you have, you see commonalities. And one of them is this notion to be a culture of ownership. Can yes. you explain that?
1: Yes. So look, this has been a principle from the very beginning. I had a traditional corporate career. Um, Before I jumped into entrepreneurship, the truth is, I thought, why am I going in and creating value for others when I should be creating it for myself? Why am I cleaning up other people's messes? I can make my own mess and clean it up. Um, But the fundamental principle for me was going to be this idea of a culture of ownership. What do I mean by that? People need skin in the game. Everyone who's ever worked for me has a piece of the business. I don't care if they packed the boxes or if they sat in a C suite. That is so important and fundamental. I know that not everybody who's listening has the capacity, if you will, maybe you're running a business and you don't necessarily have a stock option pool or a way you can design equity programs in very clever ways around phantom options. You can think about, you know, overall rewards for, you know, corporate collective goals, not just individual. Um, and if you're working for somebody, you should go in and Tracy said at the at the top, you know, she's passionate about the wage gap. One of the ways I think we for women can solve that is when you go in and, and ask for the raise, as opposed to being fixated on a percentage increase and a number, present the option to do a variable piece where you're betting On your own performance, the value you create, and them giving you a piece of it. I mean, that's a win-win, and I bet you're going to end up making more. But the culture of ownership, fundamentally, you've got to have everybody around you show up and choose to be owners. Owners at every level, you're all in. Um, And for me, that's been quite literal. But the mindset of that is also critically important. You make decisions very differently if you're invested in the collective outcome, not just your own.
0: Yeah. And I like the idea of getting creative with it, too, because you're right. Like a startup can't give out a piece of the business. They could barely keep the lights on. But there there have to be ways and things and soft spots for your employees that you can hit those buttons. I, and, ha- I, and help.
1: Yes, and I promise you, it will pay you back in spades. Generosity in that regard. I mean, I think of a lot of my salespeople. You know, they they get up earlier and they go home later because they are going to cross a finish line in this business at some point, and there's going to be a different pot of gold at the end of the rainbow beyond their salary and their commission and everything else. And there's a real, you know, there, there's a different way a company shows up. When that kind of um, incentive is in place,
0: I love that you said pot of gold because initially I thought pink gold because <laughs> <We're> <laughs> you're, gold. one of your next one of your next points was to be bold. Yes, and um, there's so many bold things about you, but I is the pink part of it.
1: You know it it um it is for me pink for me is uh, emblematic of really challenging conventional perception. Pink is actually seen as weakness, femininity, in many regards. In business, is seen as weakness. Yeah, I I reject that. I see that as incredible strength. What we walk into the boardroom with. So there's, you know, pink for me was the transition from underestimated to unapologetic. And well, I well because they called you out,
0: did yes. they not? The FDA yes. said, "Oh, the girl with the pink pill." Of course,
1: like, and people would pat me on the shoulder, you know, and say, "Oh, that's cute, the little pink pill." What? Right. (laughs) It's cute. Okay. I'm going to show up in blazing hot pink because this is the conversation that we're going to have. And I think you do have a choice when there's stereotypes or, you know, um, common misconceptions, if you will, that it's either going to cause you to, you know, reel back and self-doubt or frustration, or you have a choice to go right for it because it's the conversation you actually should be having and frankly challenging. Can I tell a bold story? I do think businesses that are wildly successful, make a deliberate choice to be bold. And one of my favorite business stories of all time is Southwest Airlines. So I'm certain people who are listening have flown Southwest in their life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is folklore, but I love it. Um, And there was a story that in one of their early um, flights that, you know, they made a choice to be funny, which was totally bold in the airline industry at the time. Like, nobody did that. And on one of their early flights, you know, a flight attendant got on and said – you know, in case of a water landing, we'll be serving mai tais off of the left wing. And a woman <laughs> who was on the flight was was outraged. You know, she was shocked by it. It was different than any experience she'd ever had. Um, she thought that it wasn't taking safety seriously, and she wrote, you know, a nasty note into Southwest. And as the story goes, it worked its way up the ranks, and it ended on the desk of their CEO and founder, Herb Kelleher. And he took out a pen, and on his letterhead, he wrote her back three words. He wrote will miss you. That's bold. Amazing. But what I love about that is he knew he wasn't going to compromise who they were as a business and while she would never be happy flying with them millions of other people would. And I right. do think you have a you have to make that deliberate choice to stick to your guns to be really bold. I think the most successful businesses of our time do that.
0: Because you keep you keep to who you are and your purpose. I mean and, and, and I love that your next point is to be quirky, too, because it ke- it's sort of, though, it, you know what? It makes you stand out, doesn't it?
1: It does. I mean, look, I, I actually tell all my employees it's one of the choices they're going to make to be quirky. What a crazy-sounding choice that uh, their CEO is telling them. What do I really <laughs> mean by that? It means show up as you. Be yeah. truly. I found when I was in big environments that one of their mistakes was that they beat the group into um, you know, a homogeneous group, like there was one way of doing things. They basically beat the individuality out of everybody, and that is the magic. That's the magic. When you let people and give them permission to show up as they are, their individual quirks, you have diversity of thought at the table, you excel so much more than those organizations that are trying to make everybody be a sea of sameness yeah Porky, I mean I'm t- that's that's hands. what you
0: you inspired me because while i was and I, I'll come back to this when I was making this decision it, with all due respect to old white men financial advisory was all old white men mm-hmm. and the notion of being quirky and different and bold. Yeah. It's what it needed. And it is. So.
1: it's so what it needs. Like I, you know, I have a weird habit. I I've nicknamed people my whole life. Everybody who works for me has nicknames. I mean, that's my <laughs> that's my quirk. And it you know, it's become like a cultural thing for us and it's a way in which, you know, even though so much of my organization is, you know, scattered all over the country, we're really very connected to each other through the stories that have made their nicknames i mean it's a silly example but it is in fact about recognizing what makes somebody each individual standing next to you truly special and yeah, same and with it, your customers
0: right right and you need all those different quirky bold personalities in order to make to make the engine run right like that's what that's what creates that that culture of ownership it does it does all of the uh, permission to be you make
1: right. such a better outcome.
0: So this notion of learning is your next point. Choose yeah. choose, choose to, to be, be learning. learning. Keep learning. I yep. love that. What
1: a boring day it would be if I woke up tomorrow and I thought I knew everything. Right. Right. It's so right. true. And yet I think, you know, we can give ourselves a lot of excuses to not constantly be learning. Um, this is a choice, again, that I, if you come to work for me, I hire against this choice. I ask questions to figure out what are people doing? Because the most successful people that I know are insatiably curious. What mm-hmm. does that say? It says that they're, they're you know, open-minded, they're willing to hear new ideas, and they're actually going to be able to pivot in moments when needed. It's truly, and especially yes. right now we're talking about this, like everybody's having to reimagine. So the learning aspect of it for me is do you have that discipline every single day? And for, for my case, you know I've been in an industry that it's not I mean at the core where we innovate, right? For sure, but some of the business practices feel pretty damn outdated. And so I've always gone and learned from other sectors and thought, okay, Like, how can I take this rule from uh, the fashion industry and apply it here? I'll give an example. When I had an opportunity to build a customer service group, I can't say that pharmaceutical companies are particularly known for for customer service, (laughs) right? So I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to look to my left and right of my peers and really probably get a lot of insight. So I flew the company to Zappos and learned from them. Oh, and wow. we actually took those principles from a completely different industry and applied them to what we were doing, and we were wildly successful at customer service. In fact, when there were surveys, it was one of the things we were rated the highest on. That learning is an open-mindedness also to you know, really thinking very different. If everybody hasn't read this book, I will suggest there's a book called A Curious Mind it's written by Brian Grazer, who's a very famous Hollywood producer. Um, he's yeah. done a lot of Tom Hanks movies. And in it, he talks about the discipline of a curiosity conversation each week. He actually makes a point to talk to somebody who's, you know, outside of his immediate circle to learn from them. I love
0: that. It's, a- it's amazing. And I have to te- I have to tell you, and no, I get no kickbacks, like nothing, nothing, nothing. I have no relation, but I... Um, Signed up for the master class oh, online. Yes. Uh huh. So you just you said fashion. I, I've been listening to Anna Wintour, Sarah yes. Blakely of Spanx, um, Malcolm Gladwell's on it. Like it's yeah, amazing yeah. to hear how just the thought process. And I feel like I I, I I've been wearing sweats like everyone else for yes. the <laughs> last nine weeks. But <laughs> but listening to the woman who leads the fashion world, I've learned so much. Absolutely,
1: I love it. Right now, at this moment. Actually, everybody is but a click away. So you can learn from the the absolute best in their game right now.
0: It's amazing. And you, much like so many people, are so appreciative. And that is your last and final point, being appreciative, being grateful. It's a choice,
1: right? You wake up every day in life, and I think you have a choice. Are you going to go through it with an attitude of gratitude? And I think it's a choice – that not only, you know, as a, as a human being um, you should make, but as businesses, you have to be appreciative um, and marvel, marvel at the fact that you have an opportunity, if you will, to serve people. And the most successful businesses, uh, in my estimation, have at their core an appreciation for what they're t- there to do for me, you know, with this and my mission um, for women there has been a profound appreciation for what it can mean in just one person's life. And on the darkest of days, when I wanted to give (laughs) up, right, when I reminded myself, um, you know, how grateful I was that they reached out to me, that they shared their story, I would have let them down if I had done that. That's a good thing for all of us to
0: find. That's amazing. That's amazing. And it, you exude it and you don't even have like people just know it that you're grateful first of all you're you know your eyes glisten and and you have this beautiful smile on your face at all times that you you just love life and you're happy because you have you know you saw what you wanted you went to go get it and now you're now you're, you're handing it forward and I think it's amazing
1: well, thank you so much, Tracy. I love it. I, those It was those great. Five choices, Those five choices will, will pave your path to success. It won't be a straight line. <laughs> it never is. Um, but I think if you sh- keep showing up consciously making those choices, you're going to get to your destination.
0: Yeah. And I think this, these are wise words, even for kids coming out of school today, you know, and it feels bleak. Yeah. This, this is the stuff that makes it all happen. Cindy, thank you so much. In the midst of everything, including the move, <laughs> I so appreciate you taking the time. Anything for you. Thank you, Tracy, for having me on. This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc., nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. In providing wealth management services to clients, we offer both investment advisory and brokerage services, which are separate and distinct and differ in material ways. For information, including the different laws and contracts that govern, visit UBS.com forward slash working with us. UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.